Thank you for being in the Lord's house today. Thank you for being faithful. I want you to take your Bibles this morning, if you will, please, and turn to the book of Hebrews with me, the book of Hebrews, and specifically Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to be honest, God has been, God's been so generous lately. When I say generous, he's generous in every way, but he's been, he's been so generous with truth here lately. And God has, God has laid a number of messages on my heart that I can't wait to share with the church. Uh, even during our time of sickness while we were down, God was just so faithful to, to bless my Bible reading and just to speak to my heart in a great way. I said that to say this, I've got several messages that, man, I just can't wait to give you, can't wait to preach for you. But I felt like this week, just following the, the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, I felt like there was a message that I needed to give to our church before I get to those. And I, I believe today that I'm in the perfect will of God. I want to help those who've recently been saved. We have a number of folks, by the way, hallelujah. Amen. We have a number of folks that have recently been born again. And I'm, th I'm thankful for that. By the way, I believe that every one of the ones that have recently been, I believe that it was genuine. I mean, I really do. I'm not going to try to give somebody a false assurance. Um, I'm also not going to try to talk somebody out of getting saved if, there is, if there's genuine Holy Spirit conviction there. And I believe that everyone that has recently made a profession of faith Honestly, I believe the evidence was there. I believe that they've been saved. We've seen a change too, by the way. And so I want to help those, all of those who are here today, you're listening, or may, there may be some that are watching by way of live stream. By the way, welcome our live stream audience. I want to help you. And specifically, I want to try to help you with the help of the Lord. I want to try to help you in having a full assurance of faith. At the same time, I want to help those folk who are here today who are already saved. Let me tell you what happens. When folks start getting saved in the church and people that we previously thought were saved, sometimes it causes those who are genuinely saved to doubt. And they're thinking, wow, if brother so-and-so didn't have it, maybe I don't have it. Maybe I need to go back and check up. And, and, uh, and by the way, that's just, that's just normal and natural. So with that said today, I want to help you. I want to tell you how you can have a full assurance of faith. You found your places in Hebrews chapter 10. I want you to stand with me all around the house if you're able to stand. That is, in Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to begin in verse number 15 and read down through around verse number 23 today. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 15. The Bible says this, Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is... There is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, 
having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Notice the next two words. Without what? Without wavering. Without wavering. Oh, I love the next line. For he is faithful that promised. Oh, man, this is good stuff. And let us consider one another to provoke into love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Uh, you may be seated this morning. And just for a few moments today, I want to talk to you about that, that, that subject, how to have a, a full assurance of faith. Not just assurance, but how to have a full assurance of faith. I've got a lot to give you this morning, but I, but, but I have no doubt we'll get you out of here at the same time we always do. <clears throat> but we're not going to have Sunday night service, so give us a little grace today. Because I promise you, everything that I'm going to give you this morning is from the Lord. And everything I, that I'm going to give you this morning will help you to have a full assurance of faith. Those that have been saved, those young people that have been saved, those kids that have been saved, teenagers that have been saved, you know what? I don't want you doubting when you're 25 or 28. I want you to know that you know that you know that you're born again. Amen. I plan on it by the grace of God today. I want to try to help you today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to help us, and we'll jump right into the Bible study this morning. Father, thank you for the privilege to be back in God's house again today. And uh, Lord, we thank you. What a blessing Brother Kistler was this week. We appreciate his zeal, his passion. God, we appreciate the fact that you've given him Bible knowledge. And, and Lord, every night we were helped. We were encouraged. We were edified. God, as we come together this morning as a church family, Father, we thank you for the music. Thank you for the special song that Miss Mandy sang. Thank you for the musicians. Thank you, Lord, for the fellowship that we enjoyed today. God, thank you for your answers to prayer. Thank you for healing. Thank you for healing Miss Bobby. God, there's so many things. As Miss Mandy sang just now, there's so many things that we could praise you for and that we ought to praise you for. And God, one of those things that we are thankful for today is that we can have a full assurance of faith. Lord, I'm so glad that I can know. I don't have to hope. I don't have to think. Lord, I can know that I'm born again. 1 John 5, 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that you have eternal life. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll bless our discussion today. Use it to bring glory to Jesus. We pray for your power now, Lord, your help. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. It was 1873, and uh, most of you have heard the name Fanny Crosby. Fanny Crosby was a, uh, was a, a blind Christian lady, famous songwriter. She wrote... Many, many gospel songs, many of which we sing here at Calvary Baptist Church. She was visiting with a friend by the name of Mrs. Joseph Knapp. And Mrs. Knapp, her house had the largest pipe organ ever placed in any private dwelling. She and Fanny were close and she had asked Fanny to come over and 
And as they were just fellowshipping, she said, Fanny, she said, God's laid a new melody on my heart. And she said, I want you to hear it. She called her over there to that organ and, and Mrs. Knapp began to play that melody. And she asked that blind, godly songwriter, she said, Fanny, I've just got the melody, but she said, does it speak to you? Does it say anything to you? And Fanny Crosby replied, it says, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. <laughs> and Fanny Crosby penned the words to, those, to, those, to that wonderful, wonderful song. I'm going to attempt to tell you today how you can have that blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. How you can know, according to the word of God, that you have full assurance of salvation. By the way, I like the sound of that. Full assurance. Full assurance. I remind us today, Colossians chapter 2, verse number 2 says that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and into all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Hebrews 6, 9, verses 9 through 11 says, But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation. Though we thus speak, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints who do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Full assurance. I'm glad to tell you that you can have a full assurance of salvation. By the way, don't you love things that are full? I like things that are full. I like having a full gas tank. Now, some people, it doesn't bother you. Brother Zach may be watching right now. It doesn't bother Brother Zach. We'll be in Los Angeles, and you know what? My, my attitude is, if you ever get on, a, in, on any road in Los Angeles, you better have gas in your tank. Brother Zach doesn't think like that. And uh, the light will be burning. And, and he'll say, oh, Dad, we got, we got plenty of gas. We got plenty of gas. I don't, I, I'm just not like that. And last night, I, my, my truck was empty. I knew it was empty. I told my wife, I said, I'm running up here to the gas station tonight so I don't have to worry about this tomorrow. I don't like having to worry about an empty gas tank. Full. I like things that are full. I like a full stomach after a meal. I like a full church. Man, there's nothing worse than an empty church. I like things that are full. I'm going to be honest. I don't know very many things that are good empty. An empty refrigerator is not a blessing. Have you ever went to the fridge and when you opened it up, there was not a whole lot in there? I'm talking about an empty stomach. I'm talking about an empty bank account. Well, that's not a blessing, is it? Especially when the bills are due and, and, uh, and it's time to to pay things off and yet the bank account is empty again. I said that to say this, a lot of Christians have a very empty assurance of salvation. So I'm gonna try to help us today. How can we have a full assurance of faith? Quickly, by way of introduction, let me say this. If you do not possess genuine salvation, do not expect full assurance. If you're not really saved, don't expect full assurance. Did you know I can tell you that you're saved all day long? Your mom and dad can tell you that you're saved. 
Oh, honey, you made a profession of faith years and years ago and, and you're saved, you're saved. And people can tell you all day long that you're born again and the pastor can tell you that you're saved and, uh, and people that you know can tell you that you're saved. But the truth of the matter is, unless you're truly saved, unless you're truly born again, you're never gonna have that full assurance of faith. You're in Hebrews chapter 10. I want you to draw your attention to verse number one, if you will. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number one. Notice what the Bible says there. Uh, verse one says, for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Now, we know that the works of the law were things that the Israelites were expected to do, but the Bible's very clear to tell us that they were a shadow of good things to come, a shadow. These things did not save. They were a shadow of things that were to come. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. I like what Dr. J. Vernon McGee said. He said this. He said, you cannot live in the shadow of a house. You have to have a house. They, they, these folks are just depending on works. Many today are depending upon shadows for their salvation, and yet they have no full assurance. They're depending upon their church affiliation. They're depending upon their baptism. They're depending upon their community activism. They're depending upon their religion. Again, I'm just trying to tell you this, that you know what? Until you get the, the genuine article, you're just not gonna have assurance of salvation. And you can go back to this and that, and you can say, well, I, I, I did this, or I signed a card, or I went to an altar, uh, but preacher, all these many years, I just can't get it nailed down. I just, I just don't have assurance of salvation. And if that is you, it could be. I'm not saying that it is, but it could be that you just need to come to Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Where does full assurance come from? I believe this is going to help you today. How about this? Number one, let me put a couple things on, on your screen. Number one, full assurance comes from God's promise. Now I want to draw your attention back to our scripture again. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. And look at verse number 16. Very, very important. Hebrews 10 and verse 16. The Bible says, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. Watch this. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. Now, church, I believe this. I believe if you're saved, I believe you ought to keep the day of your salvation fresh in your mind. I believe you ought to revisit it. I believe, I believe you ought to relive it. I believe you ought to constantly think about it. I believe you ought to write down the date if you know the date. I don't know the date. I wish I, I, wish I knew the date when I got saved and nobody really knew back, back in that day to do that kind of thing. And I know it was a Saturday. I know it was in the summertime. I, I know where it was. I remember, the, I remember the place. I can take you back to the place. It was with my pastor. And, uh, but I'm going to be honest with you. I, I Honestly, I don't know how much faith I had the day I got saved. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I said all the right words. I don't know if I came for all the right reasons. I'm not saying this is the only reason, but I'll be honest. One of the reasons I got saved, I was scared to death of going to hell. Since then, I've heard people say, well, y'all never get saved just to stay out of hell. And I guess that's true, but it ain't a bad reason. 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I crossed every T and dotted every I just right the day that I got born again. But I do know this. I do know this that I wanted to be saved so bad that I was willing to take God and His holy word and call out on His name and thank God. I remember the day the Lord saved me. And then you say, preacher, why? why? Why are you saying that? And this is the reason. Because the truth of the matter is, there are going to be days when you don't feel saved. There's going to be days when you don't jump out of bed singing, you know, hallelujah, hallelujah, glory to God. There are going to be days when, you know what, you don't feel like coming to church. You don't feel like reading your Bible. You don't feel like staying in prayer. But I'm so thankful that, you know what, on the days that I don't feel saved and on the days when I don't feel like reading his blessed book, hallelujah, glory to God. I don't base it on the way that I feel. I don't base it on my emotions for the day. I base it on God's holy promise. Oh, my goodness. We base it on God's word. Fact is, you're going to change. The fact is, your emotions are going to change. Your feelings are going to change. Everybody thinks that preachers just bound out of the bed every morning singing hallelujah, you know, to the lamb. And that's not, some, some days we have to be resurrected in the likeness of Christ. But regardless of where I am, regardless of whether I'm encouraged, regardless of whether I'm discouraged, Regardless of whether I'm doubting, regardless of where I am, hallelujah, I'm so glad. And I told one of our people this just the other day. I told Brother Gary this. I said, Brother Gary, I said, we don't base our salvation on me or you or anything else. We base our salvation on God's word plus nothing, minus nothing. The buck stops right here. God made a promise, and I'll promise you, you can count on God. We, we have full assurance because of God's promise. The Bible says in 1 John, now listen to this. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 19. And hereby we know. We know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Then the Bible says this, for if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart. And so on those down days, those days where I don't necessarily feel saved, boy, I'm so glad God's faithful. I'm glad God doesn't change. I'm glad God doesn't give me salvation and then take it back the next day. Give me salvation for two days and take it back three days. I'm so glad when God gave you the gift of salvation, he gave it to me eternally. Listen, I don't get eternal life. I have eternal life right now. And so... Where does full assurance come from? Number, number one, full assurance comes from God's promise. Now, I want you to sit up, all the boys and girls, all the teenagers. I want you to, just for the next few moments, I want you to give me your undivided attention. I mean, give me your eyes this morning. Because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is going to help you today. Somebody says, preacher, I have problem with doubt. I'm constantly doubting my salvation. I've seen some of these folks come up and get saved. By the way, and again, I believe every single one of them got genuinely born again. I really do. But you say, preacher, I've got doubt. How can I have full assurance of my faith? Well, look at verse 19. Oh, this is so good. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, the Bible says, having therefore, brethren, boldness, look at the next five words, to enter into 
the holiest. By the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us. Look at this, church. Through the what? Through the, through the veil. Most of you know that Old Testament, Old Testament days in the tabernacle, separating the tabernacle from the holy of holies where the Ark of the Covenant was, the Shekinah glory, that, that thing that represented the presence of Almighty God. Between those two places was a veil. And nobody was allowed to enter into that holiest place, that holy of holies where the Shekinah glory was, except the priest and that once a year. Amen. And he had to be clean and he had to have the blood. But the Bible tells us this, that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, that veil separating the tabernacle from the, from the holy of holies, that veil was rent in two. And now those who have never been able to see that Holy of Holies are able to see it. Amen. You know what? We're not, we were not able to enter into his presence, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ now, according to the word of God, that veil has been rent. And you and I, as priests, you and I have the, the, the uh, privilege and the honor of entering into the presence of a holy and a righteous God. Let's read on. Verse 20, by a new, new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil. So we're able to enter. We're able to go through. That is to say, his flesh, verse 21, here it is. And having a high priest over the house of God, verse 22, church. Let us draw, what's the next word? Let us, us. Let us draw near, here it is, with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Did you know the more you and I walk with God, the greater our assurance is going to be? Did you know that there are some Christians who are genuinely and I, I'm, I'm probably, realistically, I'm probably talking to a few this morning. There are some that are, that are genuinely saved. You're actually saved, but you constantly doubt. Can I tell you why? Because, you know what? When you got saved, you got saved. But you made the mistake of ignoring the Lord who saved you. So you don't, you don't spend time in his word. You don't spend much time in prayer. You're not, you've not been faithful to the house of the Lord. And because of that, you know what happens? Doubt begins to come. It's with little doubt, that's why the Lord said in Luke 18, 1, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. How many know this? That if you don't pray, you're going to faint. If you don't pray, if you don't fellowship with God, if you don't walk with God, if you don't spend time in your Bibles, if you don't spend time at the house of God, listen, the truth is you're going to have doubts in your life if you're not fellowshipping with him and entering into him and, and drawing, amen, amen. I can feel the Lord speaking right now. If you don't draw near to him on a regular basis, you may be genuinely converted, but you are going to doubt your salvation. Let me give you an illustration. So I come to Brother Brandon. 
I've got worried lines on my face. And I say to Brother Brandon, I said, Brandon, I've got a, I've got a problem. He said, well, preacher, I could tell. I, I can see you're, you're worried about something. I say, I am. He said, well, <coughs> excuse me. He says, preacher, you can confide in me. He said, I'll pray about it. He said, uh, what is it? And I said, well, Brandon, I'm not told anybody else in the church, but I'm just not sure that Miss Tammy exists. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not, I, I just don't know <clears throat> that Miss Tammy is really real. In fact, Brother Brandon, I've got another problem. He said, well, preacher, goodness, what, what is it? I said, well, I just don't have the assurance that Tammy and I have ever been married. And Brandon steps back and says, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, whoa, wait a minute, preacher, wait. Yeah, Miss Tammy exists. You've been married? Man, y'all just celebrated your 35th wedding anniversary and y'all been married for all these years. You've got uh, Zach and Samuel and Hannah. You got seven grandbabies and uh, and, uh, and I say, yeah, I know, Brandon, but I, I'm just not sure. I, I just don't know. I, I'm just doubting that, that we've ever been married. Now, wait a minute now. That may sound a little, uh, a little facetious today, but I'm just, I said that to say this. The truth of the matter is, I don't doubt that Miss Tammy exists, and I don't doubt that Miss Tammy and I are married because, hallelujah to the Lamb, I remember the day when we got born again or when we got married. I'll tell you something else. I remember the honeymoon. Yeah. I remember standing up there in front of that church, <clears throat> Preacher Johnson doing our marriage. And I, I thought, come on, preacher, come on. Get to the best part. Come on, come on. Preacher Johnson finally got to that last part and he said, he said, Stephen, you may now kiss your bride. I said, yes. And man, I laid, I mean, I laid the, the big daddy on her, amen. I mean, <clears throat> man, we went to that reception, got out of that reception, man. We jumped in the car and started heading toward Florida. I mean, buddy, we were living on love. I mean, listen, we, were just, we just floated all the way down there. And I remember that, but wait a minute now. I remember the last 35 years, I know she exists. I know that we're married, and I'll tell you why. Because in 35 years of life, I built a relationship with her. Listen, I not only know it, I know because I kissed her just recently. Amen. I know it. I know she exists. I know we're married because I hold her every single day and we embrace every single day. And you know what? You come and you say, preacher, do you have a full assurance of faith that Miss Tammy exists and that you're married? I said, yes, sir. I know that I know that she exists. I know that we're married. Why? Because my dear friend, I live with her and I talk with her and I fellowship with her. Listen, you're here this morning. You say, preacher, how can I get rid of this doubt? How can I know that I'm born again? You've got to walk with him and fellowship with him and get to know him and fall in love with him and let him talk to you. And some of you here this morning, you don't do that. And because of that, you doubt. You doubt. By the way, a few days ago when I spent six days in the hospital, I didn't get to see her for six days. And you know what? It wasn't right. 
Didn't feel right. We didn't get to sleep together. We didn't get to embrace. She couldn't even come over and visit. They wouldn't let her come over and visit. We talked on the phone, but that was about it. She couldn't come over and give me a kiss. We could not spend time. Listen, I'm going somewhere. We could not spend time together. And because of that absence, I could not wait until I got out of the hospital. You know why? Because I wanted to commune with her again. I wanted to be in her presence. I wanted to fellowship with her. I wanted to hold her in my arms. I wanted to embrace her. Wait a minute now. If you're here this morning and you are genuinely born again and yet you have no desire to walk with God, you have no desire to read your Bible, you have absolutely zero desire to be in the house of God. You know what? You have no desire in your being to fellowship with a holy God, then that may be your answer today. Well, you say, Pastor, I, I know, but you know what? I, I came up one day at an altar and I, I signed a card. Or I went forward somewhere and I prayed a prayer. My dear friend, I want you to understand something. It's not one, two, three, repeat after me that converts you to being a Christian. Or signing a card or joining a church or getting baptized Oh, listen to me. If you're truly born again, I believe that there'll be something inside of you that draws you to walk with the God of gods and the Lord of lords. 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful by whom you were called under the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Where does full assurance come from, preacher? Number one, God's promise. Number two, God's presence. Well, let's go a step further. This third one may surprise you. You say, preacher, where does full assurance come from? Number three, full assurance comes from God's punishment. Now I want you to take your Bibles and turn over just a page to Hebrews chapter number 12. Hebrews chapter number 12, and look, if you will, please, at verse number five. Hebrews 12, verse 5, the Bible says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation, which speaketh unto you as unto, what? As unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Look at verse 6. I've got it highlighted, emboldened. For whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Verse seven, if ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Look at verse eight, boy, very pointed, very strong, verse eight. But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Bastards, illegitimate. You're not really his. Did you know the fact of the matter is that if you're here this morning and you are truly born again, when you sin, God is going to bother you. The Holy Spirit of God is going to ring your bell. Amen, amen. You say, Pastor, 
How can you know that you have full assurance of faith? Because when I do things I shouldn't do and I say things I shouldn't say and I act in ways I shouldn't act and sometimes when my whole spirit just ain't right, I'm telling you, God's Holy Ghost comes up and says, you know that wasn't right. You know you shouldn't act like that. You know that was pride. You know that was vanity. You know you shouldn't talk like that and act like that. I'm telling you what, if you're truly born again this morning, the Holy Ghost is going to come and He's going to chastise you. He's going to scourge you. He's going to convict you when you do wrong. Can I tell you why I don't spank Brother Brandon's children? They're not mine. By the way, not planning on it. Wouldn't think about it. I don't spank his kids because his kids aren't my kids. Do you know why God doesn't spank some people? They're not his kids. That's a tough one to swallow. But if you're truly, if you, you're truly born again, truly regenerated, when you do wrong, amen, the Lord's helping us this morning. I know he is. If you're truly, you truly do wrong, God is going to chastise you. So if you came to me today and just said, Preacher, I've got some news. I said, okay. I know it's going to shock you. I said, well, give it to me. Well, I know you didn't know this, Preacher, but we actually have the same daddy. Bill Pope is my dad, too. And I said, do what? And he said, yeah, your dad, Bill Pope. Bill Pope's my daddy, too. You know what truth is? I could settle that real easy. I just say to you, did Bill Pope ever spank you? Well, no. I got news for you. You don't belong to the same Bill Pope I belong to. Because the Bill Pope that I know, when we did wrong, he would say, go to the bedroom, and we knew that didn't mean go to the bedroom, go to sleep. And we would go to the bedroom, and you can say what you want to say, but my daddy took out an old-fashioned leather belt, and, buddy, he tanned our hides. You say, oh, that's terrible. No, it wasn't too terrible. Thank God I had a daddy that cared enough to try to raise me right. And daddy spanked us, and daddy disciplined us to try to make sure that we turned out to be somebody and that we, and that we did right. And, and uh, listen, it, it, listen, if you're truly born again this morning, the truth of the matter is that when you do wrong, God is going to chastise you. Full assurance. Where does full assurance come from, Pastor? Number one, God's promise. Number two, God's presence. Number three, God's punishment. We're done. But I want you to look at this. Full assurance, last of all, full assurance comes from God's paraclete. What in the world? Paraclete. John 15, 26 says, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Paraclete, or parakletos. It's the word for the Holy Ghost. The Comforter, the Holy Spirit. It literally means called to one side, called to one's aid is what it means. Now we're done, but I want you to take your Bibles one last place, and I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 8. And I want to show you what this paraclete, what this Holy Spirit does 
in the life of the child of God. Romans chapter 8, and look, if you will, please, at, uh, at verse number 16. Romans 8, verse number 16. The Bible says, Romans 8, verse 16, the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit, lowercase s. So the Holy Ghost bears witness with our spirit, look at this now, that we are the what? The children of God. And then he says, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Listen, God's Holy Spirit, if you're here today and you're truly born again, God's Holy Spirit will confirm in your spirit that you're a child of the King. Absolutely. Hey, have you ever had something inside of you and it just felt like it was clapping? Have you ever had something rise up inside of you, man, it just felt like it was rejoicing? You ever felt like you just had something come inside of you and you're like, man, I, I don't know if I can contain myself. I, I mean, I, I feel an amen coming on. I, I feel a glory coming on. I, I've never done this before, but I feel a praise the Lord coming on. I, I've never raised my hand, but I feel a, a raising of the hand coming on because there was something inside of you that was welling up inside of you. And it was saying, that's right, that's right. That song is right. That preacher's preaching it right. The word of God is right. You say, preacher, what is that? It's the Holy Spirit of God. This week, well, every day, really, our son and daughter-in-law, Zach, Zach and Amber, they do a, a morning broadcast called Mornings with Pastor. And one of the things that they've been doing for the last few weeks is they've been reading the book, The Hiding Place. Man, I can't get enough of it. In fact, don't tell Brother Zach this. But I couldn't wait on them. I went on ahead. <laughs> and this week I was, I was in the restroom and I was getting ready. And I had the broadcast on and, and Zach and Amber were reading The Hiding Place. Corrington Boom, I should have told you what that is. Corrington Boom and her family were caught for hiding Jews during World War II in the hiding place, a secret room. And because of that, Corrington Boom and her family were committed to a concentration camp, Ravensbrück, concentration camp in Germany. And she goes through all that. By the way, her daddy died. Her sister died. She goes on to talk about how in that concentration camp, they were literally covered with lice. In fact, at night, they would pick the lice off of one another. She talked about in their barracks how their barracks was literally infested with fleas. You see, they didn't have mattresses like you sleep on. They had straw, soured straw, with a little thin covering over the straw, and that straw had become infested with fleas. And I was just, I was in there, I think I was shaving. By the way, it's dangerous to shave when the Holy Ghost comes in. <laughs> and I was getting ready, and Zach and Amber, I had the phone there, and Zach and Amber were reading that, and they were talking about, they came to Corey, Corey Ten Boom's uh, sale and they said uh, there's an officer, a Nazi officer that wants you to, uh, is going to question you. 
They march her down this long corridor. He sits her down in this little hut and Corten Boom talks about how she can see the skull and crossbones. He's a, he's a dedicated Nazi officer. And they begin to talk. And then, as they were reading the story, Corten Boom, infested with lice, living in a barracks that's infested with fleas. Maybe a, a potato a day or maybe a little bit of turnip, a turnip soup every day. Their bellies were, were swollen because they were so malnutritioned. And here she is sitting in front of this Nazi officer. And he mentions the fact that there is darkness in his life. And Corey Ten Boom quotes this verse to that Nazi officer. John 12, 46, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. She quoted that, that Nazi officer. And when I was getting ready, when they were reading that, and when they, when they read that, it was like something inside of me went, whoop! Yes! Hallelujah! God is good! And I'm gonna tell you what, buddy, something welled up inside of me and said, that's right, that's right. Hey, thank God light is coming to the world. You say, preacher, what is that? I'll tell you what it is. It's the Holy Ghost of God. If you're here this morning and you're truly born again, the Spirit of God is gonna bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. Hey, listen, Christian, you don't have to go through life doubting, 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 doubting. But, truth is, there's probably a few here. Truth known, you need to get saved. You've been depending on those shadows, that card you signed, that preacher that you spoke to. Well, pastor, my, my papa was a preacher. That's great, but your papa being a preacher doesn't take you to heaven. Well, preacher, I, I, I was the charter member of such and such church. But none of those things take you to heaven. They're only a shadow. And if you're here today and you don't know that you know that you know that you're saved, I implore you today, man, come. And let's get it nailed down once and for all today. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for this time we've had together today. Lord, thank you that your word mentions full assurance of faith. Thank you, Lord, that we can know. We don't have to hope. We don't have to think. God, we don't have to go through life fearful. God, we can know that we're born again. Lord, I just feel like, I feel like there's probably somebody here today that needs to come to Christ. And Father, I pray that during this invitation that they'll let go and let God have his way. I pray for those that are saved, but they're battling doubt. Father, today I pray that you'd give them full assurance. Help them to claim your promise. Lord, help them to, to grasp your presence. Lord, I pray today that you would give us full assurance of faith. Father, we pray now that you'll do that work that only you can do. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed.
I wouldn't embarrass you for the world. I'm not going to come back and try to drag you down an aisle. I've never done that. I won't do it today. But I'll tell you what I would like to do. I'd like to pray for you. I'll not pray for you by name. But I'd like to pray for you. God will know. God will know who you are. I wonder, first of all, how many here today, and you'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I have full assurance of faith. I know that when I close my eyes here, without a shadow of a doubt, I'm on my way to heaven. You'd slip your hand up right now. Preacher, that's me, that's me, that's me. Hallelujah. You can lower your hands. Without embarrassing anybody, I wonder if there may be one here today, anywhere, maybe over here on my far left, maybe my far right, maybe here in the center section, but you'd say, Pastor, I could not raise my hand. And if I died today, I want to go to heaven. But I don't have full assurance. I don't have full assurance. Would you pray for me today? And right now, you'd slip your hand up and let remember you. Right now, would you raise your hand? Across the auditorium. Preacher, pray for me. Raise it high so I don't miss you. All right. I see that hand. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Is there another Right before I pray, you'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you pray for me? You'd slip your hand up. Raise it really high so I don't miss you. Anybody else? All right, we're going to pray. Child of God, if you're here today and you're doubting, why don't you come today and get around this old-fashioned altar and say, Lord, would you help me to have full assurance? Help me to have full assurance. If you need to talk to somebody, we'll get somebody for you to talk to. And they can show you some scriptures from God's word that'll help you. So let's stand all over the house today. Church, I know you're going to be praying. Father, I thank you for speaking to hearts. Lord, you've ministered to me today. And I sure thank you for that. God, I pray for this one that raised their hand. God, I pray today that you'd give them courage and help them to make the decision that needs to be made. God, I pray that you'd help folks to come around the altar. Christians, I pray, are coming. Maybe some are just coming to pray for these that are lost. Maybe others will come today just to rededicate their life to Jesus. Father, whatever it may be, I pray that in the next few moments that God, you'll do a great work. Save that one that's nearest hell. And God, I pray that we'll leave this place with a full assurance of faith. Have your way now, we pray, Father. We love you. We praise you. Truly, thou art good in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. I'm going to make my way to to the main, excuse me, the main floor. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've got a need, or Pastor, I raised my hand, listen, I'm going to be here to meet you, all right? I want you to come while we wait. Right now, right now, just, I tell our people all the time, if you will take the first step, He'll help you with the second one, all right? While we pause, just for a moment, you come today.
We're going to bring this thing to a close here in just a second. Right before we do, though, 